You are listening to audio from the Decidedly Podcast. This episode is a highlight clip from this week's full episode. To listen in on the complete conversation, see the show notes for the link to the complete show. You can help us out by leaving us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate every bit of your support. I'm Morgan McKittrick, your producer, and this is Decidedly. When, when people decide to start thinking about what they think about, deciding yeah. to really begin to, to use the power of focus, what do you find is their biggest struggle typically? A few things. One is that, you know, in the book, I make the point that we've never been taught to focus, right? So because if we haven't been taught it and we don't practice it, then we're not good at it. So most people practice distraction all day, just jumping, awareness jumping from one thing to another. So that's what they're really good at. So when they embark on the process of learning how to focus, that's going to be the struggle. You have muscles in your mind that have been shaped to support a distracted mindset, not a focused mindset. So you have to be extremely patient and compassionate with yourself as you reshape those muscles to to take the form of a focus mindset. And that's going to take a little bit of time and a lot of effort on your part. And the book outlines a very systematic, small, the power of small, incremental, tiny steps towards achieving that. And it can be done. It can, you know, it's not difficult. I learned to focus when I was 24 years old. And as a kid, I'm 48 now. As a kid, I got told all the time how distracted I was. And good thing I was born in the 70s, so there wasn't an ADD or ADHD. No one drugged me back then. You know, it hit me. You know, hey, focus. Uh, right. But, but, you know, I mean, so if I could learn at 24, anybody can learn at any time. You just need to know how to do it. It's like you can't say to someone, you can't learn to drive a car when you're 60 years old. That's incorrect. Someone needs to show you how a car works. And then you need to practice it, and then you can drive a car or play a piano. Focus is no different. That would be one thing. And then the other thing to add, which is a little deeper, I would say, Sean, is that one of the big challenges when you start to focus is that you start to see things. Observation is a byproduct of a focused state of mind. So you start to observe a lot more things because you're not jumping all over the place, right? So all of a sudden, your awareness is just one place at a time. Now I can look at you and go, oh, it looks like you have a yellow screen behind you. You have headphones on, you have glasses, uh, you know, you, you have a mic, blah, 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 and things like that. So I can only do that if I'm focused. So not only do you become observant of things around you, you start to become observant of things inside of you, the good things and not so good things. So that requires also more compassion and empathy, self-empathy. Like, okay, I have some work to do. You know, the, the distractedness is a, yeah. is a big key. I, when I was growing up, we didn't have, you know, ADHD wasn't a thing. You know, right. it wasn't a thing. Well, I'm, yeah. Maybe it was a thing. It wasn't a thing people were aware of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it probably exists. But the, uh, the solution was just to yell at people, you know, just tell yeah, exactly. them, you know, just pay attention, you know, quit, quit messing around, you know, yeah. smack them on the back of the head. That was the exactly. solution. Right. And, uh, and now we, but I think it seems like we, we drug people too quickly now, you know, that, that I completely agree. That becomes the solution. You know, I, I mentioned in the book, right, Sean, the, where the gentleman, I guess I had a story where the gentleman comes up to me at an event and says, you know, uh, my son's been diagnosed with ADD or ADHD and he's being drugged now. He's seven years old. I'm extremely unhappy about it. And then I asked him, I said to him, 
you know, I'm not a medical expert. I don't fully understand ADD or ADHD. Can you share with me what is the essence of the problem? He says, oh, my son struggles to concentrate. Uh, he gets distracted all the time at school, at home. So the doctor diagnosed him with attention deficit disorder, and now he's on medication. So I go, okay, if he's struggling to concentrate and focus, and that's what you're telling me is the essence of the problem, can I just ask a simple question? Has anyone taught him how to focus? I go, like, it's just like an eye-opener for him, like, no. And I go, like, okay, then how then do we expect him to focus? The same way if someone told me to play the piano and I can't play the piano, they diagnosed me with PPD, which is piano playing disorder, and then drugged me for it. That would be unfair. The right step would be to teach me how to play the piano, help me practice the piano so I can be good at it, and maybe after four or five years of training, I still struggle, then maybe medication could assist me. But I don't think that's the first go-to. Why is it? Why, why do we drug someone when they don't know? We train people to do everything else. If, you, if you're a business owner and you hire employees and you have software or a cleaning company that cleans carpets, don't you teach them how to use the tools? Train them how to use the tools properly so they can go out there and install you know, uh, routers or you know, servers or clean carpets. Why don't we teach people? You wouldn't drug them if they didn't know how to clean a carpet with your tool. I, it's just puzzling to me. How do we teach people how to focus them? You know, I, I, I really wish, Sean, I could, you know, I mean, this is the most common question I get, right? Can you tell my audience a quick little tidbit that they can just hang on to and start practicing focus? It doesn't work that way. You're in the financial business, correct? Yeah, right. I'm out of the monastery. Just say I walked out of the monastery doors yesterday, landed in Los Angeles with my robes and my beads, and I say to you, you teach me about, can you just give me like a quick little highlight about finance? So this, this <laughs> right. penniless, what, should, this pen, what should I invest in? Yeah. What should yeah, I, what should yeah. I, so this penniless monk can even get going, you know, and be successful. <laughs> I mean, like, where do you even start? You know, one of the things when I looked at that and, and I knew that that was a, a component of what you had, what you had written. And I found it fascinating because my, my mind uh, my aware, <laughs> my awareness uh, was around how to how to focus, and I thought the answer would be to block out the things that were distracting me. Common things athletes say, right? Like I mentioned in the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that that would seem to be the logical step is that if I want to focus on A, I should block out B. I should block out all these distractions, and. And you were seeming to say that that's not the way to go. Can we go back to you understanding awareness in the mind, that the mind doesn't move, that awareness moves within the mind? And then go back mm -hmm. also to what you just said. If I want to focus on A, I have to block out B. If I'm blocking out B, where's my awareness going? Right. To B. Right. It's, it's around B. Right. <laughs> yes. And so yeah. when athletes say, you know, I'm on the court, you know, I have a – uh, a free throw, I have to block out everything. So now I'm blocking out what the opposition team is saying to me. I'm blocking out the cheerleaders. I'm blocking out the fans. I'm blocking out somebody else screaming at me. My awareness is going to all those things as opposed to the net where I need to get the ball in. That's a, it's a, you know, we, I, we say things, right? We just say things because that becomes a habit and everybody just says it without even thinking about it. We spoke to 
Jeremy Pointsnow a few weeks back, who's a yeah. uh, world championship blind golfer, and he made the comment to me that when he he'll go up and he'll have he has to have somebody direct him where to where to hit the ball, and many times they will they will tell him, "Hey, watch out because there's a there's a hazard on the left," huh. and he'll always turn to them and say, "I can't see the hazard on the left," and you just introduced that into my. <laughs> You know, into the equation. <laughs> right. Why did you do that? <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. And along with focus, Sean, you know, defining purpose and priorities is key, right? Because knowing to focus itself is not enough if you don't know what you're going to focus on. Right. Yeah. For sure. You know, I, I think finding out what your purpose is, is key. And I, and I think there are a lot of, a lot of times we don't have clarity on that. Do you find that a lot of the people you talk to don't have a lot of clarity on what their purpose is? Most people don't because we've never been, and I don't blame them. We've never been taught that we need a purpose in life. You go through school, you learn all kinds of things. Your parents teach you all kinds of things, but no one tells you that you need a purpose in life. Your business has a mission and a vision statement, right? And that helps you to guide your business. So why shouldn't life have a purpose? And how would we find a purpose if we've never been told that we need one or shown how to go about finding one's purpose? But we should have yeah, a I think purpose. That, yeah. that's the, the, yeah, that's the part that's difficult is that I don't see a lot of information, and maybe I haven't sought it out in the right way, that provides a good guide on how to determine what that purpose is. No, there's hardly anything out there that teaches you in a very structured way uh, how to find that. But before even finding the purpose, I would say focus is the prerequisite for discovering purpose because what I always say is if I can't be focused, how can I be in a state of self-reflection long enough to reflect on what it is I want in life? I need to be able to turn my awareness inward, reflect on my life and go, what do I want down the party? What makes me happy? Who makes me happy? What is the source of my joy? What do I really want to get out of life? Oh, look at that bunny hopping over there. Well, that's interesting. Okay. What was I saying? Yes. What's my purpose on life? I think I should get pizza tonight. It's been a long time since I've had pizza. Yeah. I like that margarita pizza. I'm going to get it from that store. Oh yeah. Going back to purpose. I'll never find my purpose if I can't focus long enough to self-reflect and look within and see what it is I want. And that's why I start with focus. And that's why, you know, I could have written a book on meditation. I could have written a book on self-realization. I could have written a book on discovering purpose. But if we don't have that fundamental skill of purpose, of, of focus, how will we achieve anything else in our life? How can you be certain you're focusing on the highest and best thing you should be focusing on? In, you know, it, in other words, yeah. if, I, if I want to say, oh, I'm going to focus on happiness or I'm going to focus on calmness or, or whatever. And yeah. yet may, and I'm just using those as examples that there yeah. might be some higher purpose that I should be focusing that I'm missing yeah. the boat, so to speak. Well, it's a ladder, right? You have to take the next step, the next run before you take the one above it. Yes. You can say, okay, should I be thinking about enlightenment? Should I be thinking about self-realization and experience of divinity? Should I, is that what I should be focusing on? Okay, maybe it is, but what's the next step you should be doing? It should always be in incremental steps. So what do I focus on? I focus on the things that uplift me, that make me happy, 
you know, focus, calmness, which is all contentment, peace of mind. These are the things people want. But these are, it's very important to understand that these are byproducts, right? What you want to do is craft a lifestyle. What kind of lifestyle can I craft when I focus on that lifestyle? The byproduct of that lifestyle results in peace of mind, in contentment, in happiness, in joy, in fulfillment. So, you know, I, I talk a lot about energy vampires, about eliminating people in your life that are toxic. Because spending time with toxic people doesn't uplift you. So how do we handle that? So I've crafted a life where I surround myself with people that are uplifting. There are no toxic people in my life. So it's not so much about focusing on happy people. It's focusing on, uh, yeah, well, focusing on happy people. And the byproduct of that is that I lead an uplifting life. But crafting the lifestyle is, is it, it should be the primary focus and then focusing on that. So not the pursuit of happiness, not, not, you know, in the book, I talk about how, you know, we shouldn't pursue happiness, right? Happiness is a byproduct. And a lot of people will say, especially parents say to their kids, you know, mom and dad only want you to be happy. And, you know, don't pursue happiness, pursue a lifestyle where that results in the feeling of happiness, that results in the feeling of peace of mind. That's what we should focus on. making the great decision to listen into this week's episode highlight. If you want more of what you just heard, see the show notes for the full episode. As always, for the latest decision-making tips, find us on decidedlypodcast.com or on Instagram at decidedlypodcast. And be sure to sign up for our weekly newsletter from the link in the show notes. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review as well. We read all of your comments, so if you learned some decision-making tips today, let us know. Until next time, this is Decidedly. Insights, advice, and comments provided by Sean Smith, Singer Smith, and speakers identified as part of the Decidedly podcast should not be considered recommendations. Speakers not identified as members of Decidedly are expressing their opinion, and their statements should not be construed as reflecting the views of the Decidedly team. This podcast is produced solely for informational purposes, not personalized advice.